Hi, Sam. Hi, Lauren. Are you ready to talk about Swimming Pool? I am, because after all, we are the Watchers of Movies. about how I watched uh, Alien versus Predator the other day because <laughs> this movie is ridiculous. <laughs> Have you ever seen it? I don't I've seen Predator and I've seen the Alien movies, but I don't know if I've seen Alien versus Predator. Let me look it up. Okay. I had to have because it came out when I worked at the theater and I saw almost everything when I worked at the theater. Not everything. I mean, I ha- I was somewhat discerning, but when I first started working there, I saw all kinds of junk. Just oh, I believe it. I because it's, it was free. Hell yeah. I might have... It's possible I saw it, but I don't really remember. I don't remember anything about it. So let's just say I didn't see it. So there's... Okay. So first of all, right away... I was like oh no because there's only one actress that I knew (laughs) and I was like and usually usually and I don't know how you feel about this but usually when I start watching a movie and there's only one person I know I go "Ooh, there's a real chance that this is gonna be bad (laughs) no I think I've told you my trick before if I start watching a movie and there's three minutes of production tags for uh-huh. a bunch of companies that's when i think mm, couldn't, couldn't get one or two companies to buy it they had to shop around for 15 it's a similar thought yeah okay okay so um one of so it's about this woman and sana lathan's in it and she's fine she's pretty i, I don't really I, I wouldn't say she's like the most amazing actress ever but i don't dislike her you know um so all of her crew members have died and it's like her and she's left with like this predator and all these aliens and she goes to the predator <laughs> they're all on her ship no like it's like they're not i think they're on earth actually they're in like, like antarctica though or something like you said she's left with this predator and all these aliens <laughs> like a couple <laughs> aliens like a lot of aliens have been killed because are they all sitting of- at like the breakfast table together like <laughs> Like, they might have well. So, this is, like, I had to tell you about this, and I was going to tell you before, but I wanted to talk to you about it on the podcast because I wanted to hear your reaction, first of all, and I wanted to just, I don't know, I don't know, I just thought it was weird. So, there's this, so, like, yeah, so a bunch of the aliens have been killed, and a bunch of the predators have been killed, and now there's one predator left, and, like, a couple, like, the, like, the queen alien or whatever. So, like, the queen bee, it's, like, the same idea. Anyway, um and she is like for some reason he can understand english and though apparently they can't actually like hear what people are saying like this like they're i've talked about a predator before and i'm like predator is kind of lame like his he vision okay. is a lot better in this movie no and- he's not lame he's you can't hide from him no you can't you're right he's not super lame but he as far as his um like as far as his um i guess what's that word uh something that fuck what's that word it's like advantages as far as his advantages go his evolutionary advantages he other than heat seek he can barely see okay he can barely like his hearing is terrible 
Um, he can make himself invisible. Yes, he can make himself invisible. He is, he's a worthy foe. Don't get me wrong. Whatever. Okay. That's not this. Anyway, so, so it's like the, so she's like the enemy of my enemy is also oh, my no. friend or whatever. Right. So she like offers him like a. That's as cliche as I know. it gets, <laughs> I think. Like. So, well, so like, let me get warned. So she like, she like gives him back like a gun that she stole from him. So he's like, all right, sure, fine, come along with me. And he never says anything to her. But the predator, you know, the predator, right? Okay. So and there is a scene where it's like the end, and almost all the aliens are dead except for this queen, and they're standing. You know like what's her- weird is the predator is also an alien. Which, right, but like so in weird. this case, we're gonna call him no, a I predator. Just, because I think it's crazy. weird that it's predator against aliens because it should be alien versus alien, right? Right. Yeah. Anyways, because he's called a predator him. because he's like hunting the. In the first movie, he's hunting them. Right. But in essence, he's an alien. I'm just getting I'm philosophical. Just getting, yeah, anyway, okay, okay, okay. So all so, the aliens are almost so dead. So like the predator and her are standing face to face and he starts taking off his mask but the way he's doing it is bow, like, chicka, this, wow, wow. Right? <laughs> like this weirdly like intimate scene and she's just standing at staring at him and he like takes it off and then he like reveals his like horrific terrifying looking face but all i could think of is i was like if that predator was hot they totally would have made out like there's Can you no- imagine if out in my mind he takes off his predator helmet and it's adam driver and he's just like hey <laughs> like it's like remember that movie hush and i was telling yeah. you about i was yeah. telling you about how i was like when the guy took off his mask i was like oh <laughs> and then i told my friend about it matt and that matt goes matt goes oh he can only kill me if he's beautiful and then we watched the movie together and the guy took off the mask and he went oh and i was like bitch you just had the same reaction i did you asshole don't get on me about being murdered by attractive people or whatever anyway yeah so he takes off his mask and it's just this like terrifying looking thing but i was like if this was a different movie, they would have, like, that would have been, like, the moment where it's, like, 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 take my breath away. <laughs> I've been really trying, baby. <laughs> trying to hold back these feelings <laughs> for so long. And I if you, you feel you're seven feet tall, <laughs> making up lyrics. And I'm like, maybe I'm in the aliens <laughs> that are predators. And then we're gonna get it on. <laughs> Make up, baby. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with inner species loving you. She's love. <laughs> anyway, giving well, yourself to me could never be wrong, <laughs> baby. Yeah. <laughs> if the love is true. <laughs> Then that was the part that made me laugh. But then there was one other part that I was like, what the fuck is wrong? (laughs) So the predator fights with the alien, right? And the alien, like, like he. And then the alien centrally takes off his mask. (laughs) No, the alien. So the alien 
Um, he manages to kill the alien, but before he does, the alien deals a fatal blow. Oh, and so he's dying. But and this is I started laughing at this part, and you'll understand why when I explain. Because he dies, and when he dies, all of a sudden, it's revealed like all the all of them are turning off their invisibility that there's like hundreds of predators surrounding, and like their ship. So they watched their fellow predator die. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> reveal themselves because they had like a giant spaceship, and they're you know just what? Like standing. No, and I was like, you fucking watched your friend die. I know what it is. I know what it is. The predators what? are part of the Federation, and it's purely exploratory, Lauren. They're not supposed to interfere. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're right. They're it's part probably. of Starfleet. Yeah, so they couldn't they couldn't intervene. They just had to watch him die. <laughs> That's weird. That's die. a really dumb plot twist. So what were they doing the whole time? Were they just like shifting from one foot to the other? What? <laughs> like, well, and also it's like you like they're they're clearly. I mean, because they've been there long enough where you can like just the way you can just tell that they've been there long enough to have seen this fight. So they watch this fight with this predator that's fighting against this alien queen who's like three times his size because she's huge, and they're just like they're just like do do do. Oh hey Clive, did you uh, see that game? <laughs> did you see the game on Saturday night? It's <laughs> like. Wait a minute. There was no game. <laughs> there was no game. What game? We don't believe in games and all. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. That's weird. That's so really bizarre. Weird. And it, like and everyone dies except for this girl. And I was like, how's this girl getting home? Like she's like even the predators who are invisible die? No, just her friend. They don't give her a ride? No. Hmm. Yeah, you think? Well, that it seems like they're. Her. I mean, we've already established that they're not very polite. So I guess why would they give her a ride? But right. Anyway, I was like, I was like, so when he's taking off his mask, I was like borderline expecting. I was like, is is the predator going to be sexy? Because I'm not ready for this. It's going to be like a Star Trek humanoid alien, like yeah, where you're like, oh. <laughs> like, like Mike. Mike has talked no. about that before. Mike has talked about that before. Where like the Star Trek aliens are just like people with like some makeup on you know yeah and yeah. um so yeah the predator takes off his mask and it's just like wharf or something from star trek <laughs> like he's like a like a weirdly attractive looking alien type yeah. you know where you're like oh i'm like and we and that's so, so weird we have the same genitalia so <laughs> if you're looking to have a good time let's get it on <laughs> i come from the predator comes from the planet bradley cooper so <laughs> really can't lose brad coop <laughs> are you talking about brad coop seven in the vector vine galaxy <laughs> because <laughs> seven i've been to brad coop six through one or one through six but it just wasn't the same as brad coop seven brad like, coop seven is where it's at <laughs> like everyone has slightly redder hair and i was feeling it <laughs> I don't know. oh that sounds ridiculous i'm glad that you waited to bring it up <laughs> See, I told you. I just like I had to talk about it because it was, it was like, and I was like almost disappointed that they didn't hook up because I was like, why? It's just a little bit of pointy like teeth sticking in your skin. What's up with that? <laughs> anyway, you know what? She really shouldn't be picky. No, she, I mean all of her friends are dead, so she and it seems like he had a great personality. 
he did he had amazing personality you know he was like a genuine guy and i was like oh predator let's get it out (laughs) (laughs) okay anyway that's it that's the end of my story that's good oh thank you for sharing you want to do our mini topic? Well, we it's, it sounds like we have two. You had a question for me, and I have, and then we have half of the game. So, okay. What What do you want to do first? Do you want to do my question first? I want to do my question first. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Okay. I was gonna ask you, but I was like, no, I really want to do that first because I'm excited to do your game. Okay. So the question was, if you could travel back in time but you could only travel to the time of the day of your birth what event in history or events um, or experiences would you want to have during that time if you could go back but at the age that you are now okay so basically i can travel between 1984 and 2021 and you you unlimited the same age you can go back to the present time you'll still be the same age okay yeah yeah so i'm this samantha right now and whatever time between those 36 years okay yeah so i have a couple answers um my first answer is i this is weird and i don't know if something i should admit but i really wanted to see the challenger explode (laughs) No, so I have some dark stuff on mine too. So and <laughs> I was obsessed with the Challenger. Like I think there's a lot of kids that were obsessed with the Titanic when they're kids, mm-hmm. and I was obsessed with the Challenger in the way that some kids are probably obsessed with the Titanic. Um, and maybe it's just because when you're a kid and like you come face to face with tragedy that you can't fully grasp, it becomes sort of like this thing in your mind. But I, I've talked about the Challenger before. But that that was the first thing that came to mind was I would have liked to seen that happen. I would have liked to have been in Cape Canaveral. But to piggyback on that, I would have liked to see any shuttle launch. I would love to see a a shuttle launch. And we can't. Well, I don't know if anybody will ever see one again because the shuttle is retired and I don't think it's coming back. But I would have liked to seen that. So I would have gone to any. I think... I should have looked this up. I didn't think of it, but I think the last shuttle launched in, I want to say like 2010, 2011, maybe even before that. It was, it was a while ago. So, but anyway. Well, I mean, people are going up to space all the time. Yeah, but they're not in the shuttle. It's not, oh, okay, they're not okay. in the shuttles. I mean, I would like to see a launch full stop, any launch right. I would like to see, but anyway. And well, I, then, guess I, I guess I don't know the difference. What is the difference? Like what is... Well, in terms of like the launch, it's probably not that much different. It's probably still raw power. It's just the shuttle is so cool and iconic. Okay. I would have loved to see this. I mean, like if I could go back in time and see the Saturn V lift off, that would be amazing. I mean, right. I would have loved that. So any launch would be cool for me, but I'm just saying, you know, in the 80s and 90s, which was like prime shuttle time, I would definitely go back in time and just see a couple of those including the challenger but successful ones too um uh and also i have a weird one that i've always thought about i've like for the last i don't know decade i've thought about and especially people that i've met since i've stopped working at so so i i worked at the theater the movie theater for nine and a half years and that was i stopped working there in 2010 so ever since then anybody that i meet mike is one of those people you, but not so much because you lived on the other side of the state. 
but some of the time we overlapped over here maybe while I was working I don't know when did you move to this side of the state um I think I moved 2009 so maybe it's possible yeah, yeah if you went to that theater I I really want to go back in time and see if I met Mike <laughs> like if I ever sold him a ticket or if I ever sold you a ticket or if I were, right. you know, if I met somebody that I'm working with now, like more importantly, people like Mike and like you and like actual like people who matter to me, right. I would like to know if I like interacted with them at all. I mean, that's like something that I've like fantasized about. Like, did I interact with, you know, did we interact before we even knew? Right. And then also like, uh, secondarily, I think it would be interesting to know if I interacted with people who are just like coworkers or acquaintances as well. Just, you know, neither one of us knew that we were going to know each other in the future. So I think that that's really fascinating. I don't know. Cause I, I mean, I can't, I, thousands and thousands and thousands of people came to me. And so there, it's statistically impossible that I wouldn't have interacted with people that now matter more. And maybe I didn't know then. Right. No, I wonder that too. Like when I worked at the shop with my parents at the one stop, um, <clears throat> I would sometimes talk to people and I'd be like, oh yeah, my parents opened a restaurant, you know, on the West side of Michigan. And they'd be like, oh, what restaurant? And I would tell them the name and they go, oh my God, I used to go there all the time. And I was like, what? I worked there for seven years. Did I ever yeah. see you know? So yeah, I totally get it. It's like, it's like this weird, like, have our paths crossed before? Like, was, has fate brought us? Like, you know what I mean? Was, <laughs> like, fate was working its little wiggly way into our lives. And yeah, I think that would, I definitely understand that. Yeah. And I just think it's interesting to have a totally benign interaction with somebody who's going to mean something very much to you and you have no idea. I don't know. It's yeah. just, it's fascinating. Anyway. So those are the, the ones that I thought of. They're probably okay. not that exciting, but the Challenger one was number like, and I almost thought, and I, well, I did think last night I was like, maybe I should think of something a little bit better, but I was like, I can't, I gotta be, I gotta be me. <laughs> so no minor, I think you're gonna, um, you're not going to be very surprised by mine. So uh, the first one, I would want to see the fall of the Berlin wall. I think that'd be really cool. Like be there, actually be there. Um, and these are more like something I would want to watch on TV, but like be like it would still be like happening live. You, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? So and I think you'll understand more when I explain or when I tell you. So the uh, Waco siege with the Branch Davidians, that whole thing, the cult. I mean, I saw the TV show, the one with Michael Shannon and Taylor Kitsch. Um, and I like that, but I think that having um like to be able to actually watch as it's like unfolding live on tv would be like super fascinating you know yeah um i also would want to see the oj simpson trial same thing i don't want to be in the audience i just want to see it on tv um the ted bundy execution i also would have liked to like have just been a part of although it was 89 was he killed in the electric chair or lethal injection um i think lethal injection i want to say i don't know um but uh one thing i'd actually like to experience is i would love to experience the grunge scene yeah 
Yeah, interesting. I think that'd be interesting. I think that me like flannel shirts, baggy pants. <laughs> yeah, me at 34. getting into Nirvana or, and uh, Pearl Jam. Yeah, I think me at thirty four would have a lot of fun in the in the grunge scene. So yeah, <laughs> I like it. Yeah, <laughs> those are mine. Those are mine. So yeah, you're nice. definitely not alone with the dark stuff. All right. So you ready to do our second mini topic? Yeah. So this game, you found these options. Uh-huh. And this week, I'm going to ask you these questions. And next week, you're going to ask me questions. So what we're doing is basically like, it's like the fuck, Mary kill game. But it's uh, other options. And it's with fictional characters. Yeah. And we've kind of done this before. So it's. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun. Okay. So, uh, I'm just going to start with one of them. So, okay. So the options for this one are seduce, steal from, and serenade. Okay. And your options are Edward Cullen from Twilight. Okay. Bella Swan from Twilight and Jacob from Twilight. It's the Twilight version. Steal from and serenade. I would seduce Jacob. I'd steal from Edward and I would serenade uh, Bella. What about you? <laughs> oh, I have to pick two? Sure, yeah, go for it. Um, I think I'd seduce Jacob as well. Mm-hmm. Um, because I mean, look at that bod. Like, you can't go wrong. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, if you. He just like seems. I'm- he seems more like a normal person then Edward Edward's too like uptight I feel like I'd be like I couldn't like he's always like fun yeah he and he like and Bella like begged him to sleep with her and when he finally did she had like a grand old time and he was like self like I can't believe I did that oh my gosh I was like geez Edward I broke all the furniture yeah yeah, also I don't think I'd want to seduce him because I wouldn't have enough money to buy a new bedroom set all the time you're so, like you ruined you uh, you went over there and you just like like ripped the closet doors off of my closet <laughs> we weren't having sex at my closet edward there's no excuse to do that i'd make him pay for my shit i'd be like you can pay for all this because you ruined it so and yeah. you're like 90 whatever years old so i hope you have money leave the money on the dresser edward um so yeah so it'd be jacob <laughs> i would seduce i think mm-hmm. same as yours i'd probably steal from edward and then i'd serenade bella because i think she has a very fragile mind mm-hmm. yeah 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 okay good one so the next one is fuck take a bullet for and murder okay and your options are loki okay. aka tom hiddleston wonder woman gal Gadot, and snape from harry potter so it's fuck steal for or, or fuck murder and what's the other one Take a bullet for take a bullet for. I would take a bullet for Wonder Woman. Um, I would I guess I'd have I guess I'd fuck Loki and then I'd kill Snape. I mean Loki's not great, but Snape is a real piece of shit. <laughs> so, <laughs> like he's I don't know if he deserves to get murdered, but you know, Loki does I think Loki is I mean no, I think yeah, no, yeah, mm-hmm. that I've yeah, that's my decision. Okay, <laughs> yeah, no, that's good. <laughs> All right, the next one is adopt, be adopted by, and marry. 
Okay. So Rachel from The Dark Knight, played by Maggie Gyllenhaal. Okay. Lois Lane, played by Amy Adams from Man of Steel. Okay. And Ruth DeWitt Bucator from Titanic. I don't know the actress's name. Um, okay. And what was the choices again? Adopt, be adopted by, and marry. Okay. And it's... Okay. I would... Uh, this is really hard. <laughs> you know that version of Rachel's my least favorite. <laughs> I picked all people that you probably didn't like that much. So, <laughs> oh, okay, all right. It's um, adopt to be adopted by and marry. I think I would marry Lois Lane. That was my first thought. <sighs> I guess I would adopt Ruth and be adopted by rachel yeah it's good yeah 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 you'd adopt ruth and raise her right what i don't love i don't love rachel as or maggie gyllenhaal's rachel i really liked katie holmes rachel but at least gotham would be like interesting you know and i'm married to lois lane so i'd be like doing all that shit anyway running around interviewing superheroes spending time with batman it'd be cool right yeah totally yeah yeah sure <clears throat> yeah and then wonder woman would come along and i would die taking a bullet for her so there you go <laughs> put you out of your misery that's good yeah, i like exactly. it Thanks. yeah <laughs> okay what's your last one okay so kill betray or have on your zombie apocalypse team okay John River from the show River, played by Stellan Skarsgård. Okay. Dr. Alan Grant from Jurassic Park. And Mr. Brooks from Mr. Brooks. <laughs> okay. Okay. And what were the choices again? So the zombie apocalypse and what were the other two? Kill, betray, have on your zombie apocalypse team. Oh, no. This is hard. Um, I think I would have... Dr. Grant and my zombie apocalypse team. And then kill Mr. Brooks. And then what was the other one? John River, played by Stellan Skarsgård. Oh, so I'd betray him. Oh, wow. That's sad. He's got yeah. a sad life. That is really, really sad. <laughs> I really yeah. love that character. <laughs> That's why I picked him. I know. You torture me. <laughs> okay, so those are good. Those are good. Those are good. It took me a while to think of fictional characters, but I I did it. Yeah. I did it. Yeah, last night I was like I was like in a state of like just ADHD. Like I couldn't like I couldn't focus on anything. So I watched the movie this morning. Um and I'm glad I did. I ended up dyeing my hair anyway, so it worked out. But I was just like I was just like, I can't concentrate on anything right now, you know? Right, for sure. So, what did you think of the movie? I didn't really care for it. Really? I'm kind of surprised. I thought that you would like it. <laughs> um, I thought that there was, like, barely any character development that bothered me a lot. Um, and also, like, two women burying a body in the middle of the night. Two women who look like they've never operated a shovel a day in their life, burying a bottle, body in the middle of the night and burying it so shallow and somehow getting away with it. Yeah. <laughs> I cannot get on board with. Uh, I thought 
Well, I think that is a question that we have to discuss later on. Yeah. Did they did get away it with it? Happen? What? I said we, that's a, a question we have to discuss later on. Did it even happen? Did it even happen? Mm-hmm. Well, maybe I missed something then. So that'll be interesting. Maybe um, you missed something. Yeah, because they there's kind of like a hint that maybe it it never actually happened. I'm su- like it was in the like the last like two minutes of the film. Kind of. What? <laughs> Do you want to just discuss it as we go on or like, like we'll talk about it later? Okay. Like, well, one of the most interesting things to me was that he has, the editor has like a double family. Like he has right a normal daughter in England named Julie, as well as his like secret love child named Julie. No, I don't think so. I think, I think you may have, I think you may have misunderstood something. I don't think Julie exists. I think it's just Julia. When I, when I, my theory, let's just get into it. Let's just get into it. My theory is that there was never any actual girl there and that she imagined the whole thing and that it was like, she maybe imagined it was like his daughter. So then when she met the actual daughter, she didn't look anything like julie did also the other daughter's name the other daughter's name is julia did i miss why why you think that because they show at the end she's at the uh publicist place she's at john's place and she's leaving and a girl walks in yeah i know yeah i thought that was that's the part that i mentioned but why Because in my head, in my head, the Julia, Julie was the one in France. Julia is the one in England. Julie is in France and Julia is in England. So Julie in France was a child he had when he had an affair uh, cheating on his wife. Mm -hmm. And they named her Julia. And then he had a real, quote unquote, real child with his wife around the same time named her julia and named the french girl julie right and i thought it was an interesting i thought it was a really interesting twist because i was like oh so maybe this julia has no idea she has a sister you know Mm -hmm. and that's how i understood the movie so maybe i understood it totally wrong how i understood it and i've seen this movie many times because it's you know um is that so um oh my god i'm totally blanking on her character's name charlotte ram charlotte rambling's character sarah okay (laughs) wow all right just watch the movie so sarah goes to france and then julie comes and sarah ends up writing a story called swimming pool about julie but then later when she says okay here's my book to her publisher because her publisher is like, no, I'm not going to publish this. And she's like, psych, I already got someone else to do it, bitch. Um, and she sees the daughter come in and the daughter's name is Julia. My theory is that she had at one point heard the name maybe. And she kind of like, in her mind, she 
invented this story. So Julie is a character, but not a real person, but is inspired by, I guess, like her publisher's daughter, because this is the whole idea that she came up with. So Julie coming there never actually happened. Frank never actually died or got killed. And she never actually had like a little thing with Marcel um, because the entire thing was imagined. So when she's like waving to her at the end, it's kind of like a, it's not like it's actually happening. It's more like a goodbye to the character, if that makes sense. Hmm. If that's how the movie is, that makes me like it even less. What? Really? Yeah. I hate it. It's a trick. (laughs) It's an unreliable movie. If I'm supposed to somehow pick up that, like this movie, (laughs) I'm supposed to just automatically know that this is all happening in her head. I mean, when I I can so easily create a more logical reason for the movie happening. The only thing I couldn't, the only thing about the movie that I couldn't uh, satisfy in my head was how the publisher didn't remember. Because I okay, so Julie, Julie, the French Julie give tells sometime in the movie that like her mom wrote a book and it was too sentimental and she tried to get it published but her publisher dad wouldn't do it because he said it was too sentimental so at the end of the movie she like leaves the the manuscript of her mom's book to sarah and she's like go ahead use her words and so i was like did sarah incorporate part of the book and wouldn't the publisher remember that his like once lover had written a book like this or did she not use i couldn't really reconcile what she, she did it. with the book and i so that's the only bit of the movie where i was like okay maybe that was fake but the rest of it i don't know how i'm supposed to know that she's well i not think real i think it's also because um and part of the reason i think this is because she never so sarah never actually talks to john like when julie's there she calls him she gets his voicemail but she never actually speaks to him Mm -hmm. um and i think that is like part of the indication that what's going on isn't happening because he can't actually confirm to her oh yeah sorry my daughter julie is there that's that's always what i thought i Hmm. maybe i'm wrong i don't know i'm gonna look it up let's 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 well if you're right, then, like I said, I think I hate the movie even more. <laughs> if you're wrong, I still don't like it very much. Um, do you? I assume you like it. I love it. I love this movie. Um, okay. Let's see. I'm, I'm Googling right now. Because um, that would make me kind of sad because I actually, like... The one aspect of the movie I thought was very clever and a very good twist was that he potentially has a love child that his real family doesn't know about. Right. And he takes care of her and they don't know it. And I think that, and I thought that that was very interesting because I was looking through, like, I think I told you before that I kind of avoid your posts because I don't want to like ruin the movie for myself. Right. But on Facebook, all the pictures show, like you don't scroll through the pictures, they just show. And I was like, who is this dorky blonde waving like super close up <laughs> dorky blonde waving to the camera and it made me laugh because i felt because i had just started the movie and i had paused it and i was s- scrolling through facebook for something and 
And then I was like, I guess I'll find out what it is. And then at the end, you find out that this dorky blonde is his daughter in London. And the very sexy and promiscuous blonde is potentially a secret daughter in France. And I thought, I wish the whole movie had been about that. But if now she's not even real, then I don't, I don't care. Like that's, how am I supposed to know? You know, I don't like that. I found something on the Cinemaholic and it says that, to put it simply, the ending of the movie suggests that almost everything that happened in the French home was merely Sarah's imagination. The entire film serves as more as a tale of Sarah's revenge on John and the exploration of her creative endeavors. In the opening scene itself, where Sarah tries to ignore a fan, it is established that she resents everything she has previously written. And if not that, then she's done writing books about blood and sex that only serve as money grabbers. So when she arrives at John's villa, she takes inspiration from it and devises an anti-crime thriller just to mock John and his expectation from her. The Julie we see in the villa is nothing but a mere character of her book. Although the opposite, complete opposite of the real Julie or Julia, we see in the end, the fictional Julie is just a reflection of Sarah's frustration, fantasies, and maybe even her youth. Her promis- uh, Julie's promiscuous and careless behavior also alludes to how Sarah now perceives John. Among all the mundane men that Julie sleeps with, the last one turns out to be a local waiter who Sarah keeps meeting time and time again. Um, it, yeah, it's, and thus she makes him another character of her story, a young, good-looking Frenchman who's more attracted to her than the perfect French beauty. Um, there's also instances in the film that suggest that Julie is a mere reflection of Sarah's past. She watches her with awe every time she brings men home and even steals her food. Um, in another scene, Sarah warms up to Julie and claims that she has had her share of sex and alcohol in the past, even towards the end when she sleeps with the gardener just to prevent him from finding the dead body. She becomes an embodiment of Julie, a representation of her debauched past. Past. There is a minor plot point in the film, or should I say in Sarah's fictional world, where Julie talks about her father burning off a book that her mother had written. Julie recalls that her mother wrote a sentimental book, but her father did not appreciate it. Towards the end, when Julie heads south, she leaves her mother's manuscript with Sarah, hoping that that would revive her mother's work. Um, So, okay, it goes on. The whole idea behind the manuscript serves as metaphor for Sarah's real life. Similar to Julie's mother, John only appreciated it appreciates it when sarah writes erotic crime fiction for him but ultimately sarah decides to defy john for once and writes what she wants as a result by writing something sentimental she revives the bird fictional manuscript of her character's mother so yeah there's a lot of subtext there that i still don't think was done very well in the movie uh like i didn't when she was at the publisher's office, when she was at John's office, kind of lamenting in the beginning, he said, well, why don't you dry, write something different? Like, he never seemed like he only wanted her to write crime. So I never would have ever picked up on the fact that she needed to get revenge on him. Well, he does say in the end, I think, it, I think that there was a certain pressure that he was putting on her to, because she has that series called Dorwell. Um and I think that he was putting a certain pressure on her to 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 take uh, to do her next book. And I don't think it was necessarily like, "We'll do something different." It was more like, "Do something different with the character." You know, the character of Dorwell. Oh, I didn't. I guess I misunderstood that 
comment that he made to her because I she said like I'm tired of writing like murder and he's like well why don't you do something different oh I didn't that's subtext that I don't think the movie did very well I don't think it's a very good movie in general damn I'm so disappointed yeah but you like it so like I like it yeah I love it. it yeah um well i love that it's about it's first of all it's like this beautiful setting so how can you go wrong with that i love the the pool and while i was watching this because our listeners don't know but i was supposed to go to a pool party today but it's too cold to go and so i was like i was watching that pool and i was like i could be in one of those in a couple hours but i won't be because of the weather (laughs) so that um I like how, I guess, like, free, like, sexually free Julie is, although I don't agree with her taste in men. Frank was, Frank was cute, but those other guys were like, I'm like, ew. Like, first of all, the first one looked like a 1970s serial killer, and the second one just, it's just like, ew. <laughs> you know? like, like, don't. Yeah, for someone so young and beautiful, she, that's another, well, that's another reason why I thought it was all real because it makes sense. She has daddy issues. Mm-hmm. She sleeps with older kind of boring looking men because her dad wants nothing to do with her. He just like sends her funnels her money, you know? Right. right. So that's another reason why it seems so real. Um, but mm-hmm. I agree with you. Like her sexual partners were surprising. I'm like, Oh my gosh, you're like young and vivacious and beautiful. And these are the guys you're bringing home. But I know like, she's like yeah. this gorgeous girl, like running around half naked. And then she's like, and did she, men home. They're like, did, like she have a, did she have a weird threesome with Marcel? Because the guy, Oh, <laughs> he went out to the pool and they were talking and, and she introduced him to Marcel and she's like, come on, Marcel. And they walked off camera. And I thought, were, was she saying come on marcel for them like, was he sleeping with her or what no i, I hope not i don't think so but i have something to tell you because while i was watching that part i had a feeling that you were going to ask me that same question <laughs> i'm nothing if not predictable <laughs> i mean no you're not though you are not a predictable person i just I need you-, you to tell me i need you to to set my mind at ease they did not have a threesome with that like 75 no. year old gardener no right? i did not i do okay <laughs> i do not think they had a threesome with a 75 year old gardener i thought it was weird enough that sarah seduced him later in the movie to keep him from finding the body but right. um at like, least I mean, I get they're why closer did. in age <laughs> yeah 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 and no what's no. the deal like i thought it was really weird and un- like it didn't fit the rest of the movie when she went to his house and his weird like tiny old woman daughter answered the phone and she's like i'm not his wife i'm his daughter and i'm like well what did he have you when he was one years old because she's like this old creepy woman and she like got really freaked out when sarah asked about julie's mother she like backed into the door and closed she's like it was an accident yeah so maybe that should have been a clue to me that it wasn't real because why would she get so freaked out i don't know yeah i well first of all there's a couple of um statements that julie makes about her mother that are contradictory uh she does say that she lives in nice which later is revealed that her mother actually died so I think it's just all part of what makes Julie um, like a mysterious kind of character, you know, where she's, you know, 
the first time that you meet her, she's, um, or like, I guess kind of the second time that they show her, uh, Sarah's out on the, like near the pool. And then Julie comes up to her and she's only wearing bottoms and she's like this giant scar. So she's like, obviously very comfortable with her body. So you're like, okay, at first you're like, all right. I mean, I, I like, that's that's cool like that's awesome i wish i had that confidence in my body like hell yeah <laughs> but um so she's got the scar on her stomach so you're like not sure what that could be from and then later she said that she died in or not she died she, later she says that she had the scar from the a car accident which makes me think that maybe that was how the mother died was the car accident right that's what i put together as well yeah i interrupted you though like you were talking about how you liked the movie so we can keep going oh yeah (laughs) Yeah. um i got well i like i like sarah actually a lot as a character i like charlotte rampling a lot um and i really like julie's character because she's she's just kind of this like weird mysterious kind of like flighty girl and like it almost makes me wish I like was her I guess I kind of have this like almost like fantasy about it not like fantasy but like you know it's it's kind of fun watching someone else live a life that like you don't have so you're like oh I wonder what it would be like being her and the fact that she I mean she's yeah she's clearly got like a lot of issues and stuff like that but i think that the thing i really like most about the movie is that it turns out that it wasn't like the whole entire thing was just sarah's imagination according to me and the cinema whatever that was (laughs) no i I think that i i think you're probably correct i it just makes me angry i don't like that resolution in movies i don't i don't care for it um you don't like um like what do you mean you don't like i don't i don't care for unreliable narrators i don't like when it was like it was just a dream or it was all my imagination and i don't i don't like it right i because i think i can see now that this interpretation has been brought to my attention i can see evidence of it through the movie that i did not pick up on before Mm-hmm. And I also feel um, generally angry that somebody had to explain it to me for me to pick up on things like that. And I think maybe that's probably like, I don't, I don't like that I couldn't figure it out on my own. And that makes me think that they needed to like, maybe do a few more things throughout the movie to show me that it was imagined. Cause it didn't i i I still didn't if you had never told me that i would always have just thought it was all real and i and i don't care for that i guess that's uh, i think that's interesting that you didn't pick up on that because you're very clever so i would imagine that you would um well i i think i i don't know if it's a matter of like i mean i it's fine that i missed things but I just think the movie isn't very good. <laughs> and so I, I, don't, I don't mean to sound harsh. Like I, I respect that you like it. But I just think the movie doesn't, I don't think there's any character development with Sarah. And that really bothered me. And I think Julie's character is so complex and interesting that they could have done that with Sarah. Except for the fact that if it's all in Sarah's head, that makes sense. Sarah is a watcher. She's a, she doesn't do things. She watches things happen sometimes in her own imagination and she writes about things, but her life is very bland. 
So that right. kind of makes sense now, but I still don't, I don't really enjoy it because I, I feel like her character is super boring and, and I, and I can't figure out like when I was watching it, cause I have to, I have to review it as I watched it and I watched it thinking, I wish I knew what made her tick. And now that you're telling me that it's all fake, I can see that what makes her tick is the fact that she's wasting her life. She's not doing anything except writing about things that, you know, like, like she's, her life is, she's doing nothing with her life, you know? Well, I mean. She's a dreamer. She's, she's, she doesn't do things. I mean, I wouldn't say that's fair. She's not, she's not doing anything with her life, but she's, she's writing. She's, you know, creating. She's writing about things that she, but she's not experiencing things. So she never flirted with that guy. Or she did. I guess she did flirt with that guy in the cafe, but nothing ever came of it. Um, yeah, I think Marcel and Frank went, exist. I just don't. I just think that she kind of included them within her story. You know what I mean? She, yeah. I just think like she lives her life on the sidelines. It seems like like creating is one thing, but what is she experiencing? She's not experiencing life. She's imagining life. And giving characters experiences, but she's not doing anything. She yeah, didn't take guess, him home. She didn't sleep with him. She flirted with him a couple times, but and she went on vacation by herself. She the only person she called besides her um, publisher was her dad to just say she made it okay. Mm-hmm. I I think you know, like I think her life is is very dull, and she. I think it's really easy to think that she has a full life, but she actually doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and like, I, I guess, I don't know. I mean, I'm not a writer, but if someone had, was reading my work on a train and they were like, oh my God, it's you. I'd be like, oh my God, it's me. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'd be like, you're right. I totally wrote that. Let me get a pen. I'll sign up for you. What do you want? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I'd be thrilled over it. But I also like, if I, like, she's also been doing this for a long time and you're kind of assuming that she's got many, many books in this Dorwell series. Um, so maybe she's just kind of tired of it, but you're right. I guess that, I guess I didn't really put it together that she is kind of a dull character like she doesn't have a lot of stuff going on and I think that again like you what you said is that it's very much because she's like a watcher she's not participating um and that is what is why the spotlight is on Julie because Julie is such an interesting character and um yeah it, that's interesting. I definitely, I, I definitely like, I just, I shouldn't expect what you're going to think because I was so sure that you were going to like this movie. Like I was like, I was like, she liked a beer splash. She's definitely going to like swimming pool because it reminds me so much of swimming pool. Um, but I can now, like, now that you've said this though, I can see why you like a bigger splash more. Like it's definitely more character development. Um, yeah, it, it's, uh, I really like Swimming Pool. I've liked it since I was like, God, like, I mean, 18. I, I watched it years after it came out. Um, so I've been watching it for a good decade, you know, d- good decade plus. Um, and I like it. I think it's a great movie. <laughs> I know you don't, but. Yeah, no, I, I think that. This revelation of it being fake is sort of bringing new facets of the movie 
to light for me and I think it's interesting, but I still, because see, when I first started the movie, I thought what was going to happen was, because I didn't read anything about it. I knew it was an erotic thriller. Um, that's what I think it was categorized as. Yeah. And I thought what was going to happen was this stodgy, uptight, older British woman goes to a house in the French countryside and has like a weird sexual awakening with like a young, vivacious French girl. Okay. That's what I thought was going to happen. And I think that story would have been more interesting almost, you know? Yeah. I, yeah. I just... I can't, I couldn't, the movie took a turn for the ridiculous when they, dis, when they buried the body and then when she seduced Marcel to, so he didn't discover it. That's when I was like, I was on the fence about how I felt about the movie. And then I was like, okay, these two tiny women are not going to dig a hole in this hard ground deep enough to hide no. the body. And then Marcel is like, something looks weird here so she exposes her breast to him and then sleeps with him presumably right and i thought well that solves the problem for then but he's gonna come back and take care of the grounds after this right so <laughs> yeah so it I, makes sense what you said that it's not real because right obviously mm -hmm. it can't be real because i just <laughs> like it strays too far in the ridiculous when people are hiding about people that are not criminals are hiding a, a dead body of a grown man yeah well and also i was like okay doing it on your property <laughs> you know like yeah um i'm just saying no i i mean there wasn't like you you don't see them really cleaning it up or anything there's blood all over the the um like stone area whatever around the pool so i i think that part of um i actually have two things to say because i do have something that i want to say about um how you started thinking got ridiculous because i actually don't disagree with you on that there is one part where i was like oh i don't know if i really like that um the first thing that i have to s shit i just totally lost it i hate when that happens okay the second i'm gonna come back to that maybe if i remember the second thing i have to say is there is a scene where Sarah asks Julie, she's like, why did you kill Frank? And, and Julie goes, I did it for your book. And I was like, oh, yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> yeah, that I did not like. I was like, mm. well, so the, I, I have to, I have to agree with you, but now that if it's all supposed to be fake, then sure. She's having a face-to-face -face conversation with a fictional character. And I was like, okay. I guess her character was like, I had to do it for the book, which seems so corny to me now if it's fake. But if it's real, something that bothered me about watching the movie was that so after Julie arrives, Sarah gets like weirdly fascinated with her, which I think is interesting because Sarah's so dull. And here's Julie, who's like the complete opposite of her. Like Julie's bringing a different guy home every night. And Julie is, is wild and beautiful and French. And they just like butt heads. And so she decides to write Julie into the story. And we see that happen. And then I thought like, and then Julie finds the story and Julie looks upset because she's reading it. And Sarah right. doesn't know that she found it, obviously. And so I'm like, well, what was in the story? What is the, what is, what's upset Julie? Like what is written about her? 
right and then and then later she says she kills frank is it she kills mm-hmm. frank for the story and i was like what what is this but it all makes sense if it's fake right right you no, know, it does but but i agree with you it was just a cheesy line like yeah it was like you know how i said in tenet that one line where he's like well what does your heart say i was like bullshit yeah <laughs> you know? yeah no i agree with you and i didn't care for that and i i agree it was this it's kind of a stupid line and yeah. i wanted to tell you you haven't remembered the first point that you're gonna make Wait. no i forgot i just let's just keep going i did not care for it like the movie seemed to and now it, it kind of makes sense because i actually texted mike while i was watching it and said like this movie jumps around a little bit in ways that i think is is not good and mm-hmm. one of those things was so sarah and frank were at the cafe and they were kind of flirting and frank is talking to her and then all of a sudden the next scene julie is sunbathing and frank walks up to julie at the pool and they both start masturbating and i thought wait where did frank come from and why why did he walk up to her and just like there was nothing like there was no indication that they had been together the last time we saw him which was seconds before that he was working at the cafe and now all of a sudden he's on the property in a bathing suit and he's masturbating with this woman that we've never seen him interact with and then and then that's and then and then that scene ends and then it cuts to sarah hearing julie having sex and i thought oh no is she having sex with the the waiter but then you find out the guy she was having sex with was like the the bald guy right right so like none of that makes sense and it's but i guess if none of it's real yeah which i I, think is lazy like it's too easy if nothing's real it's too easy and that bothers me right i presume that they um that her and frank have known each other for uh, several years just because she well yeah and she did say that in the cafe yeah Yeah. um but you're right i actually i don't i don't hate the masturbatory scene i think it's very um it's like i i wouldn't say i like it but it's like it it makes me uncomfortable in a way that i'm like enjoying it because it's part of the film if that makes sense does you does that kind of make sense it kind of surprises me because i feel like you're very quick to like point out predatory behavior so it surprises me that you would like a scene like that where a man walks up to a woman and just starts touching himself well the thing is though i didn't think it was predatory i thought it was mutual it seemed like it was a very consensual event that she was aware that he was there and she was touching himself and so she started doing the same thing i thought it was kind of just like yeah i didn't i didn't think it was predatory hmm. i've never gotten that feeling interesting and i always liked frank too so you know i mean i i never disliked him i've always liked him and i just never got the impression that he was a predator well i didn't think he's a predator per se but standing over someone who's just innocently because the scene is not sexual when it starts no in fact maybe in this fantasy world it was sexual because they'd obviously been swimming together i don't know where he came from you never see I don't, that his hair was dry so but he just he walks up where she so she's eyes are closed she's laying down sunbathing fully in a bathing suit he walks up to her towers over her and starts touching himself that seems weird to me but it is you know i agree it's definitely i mean 
And then there's later that other scene where Sarah's lying down and then Marcel, he doesn't do the same thing. Yeah. He's still standing in the same spot and watching I, her. I, yeah. Like, I don't think that she knows that he's there in that case. Um, maybe that's kind of like the type of thing where what that website, let me just pull that back up again that website the cinemaholic had said is that maybe with uh sarah imagining marcel there that maybe she's kind of like almost in a sense replacing herself with julie you know yeah, yeah. maybe or like maybe but once again it's not nearly as exciting as frank and julie because it's no, marcel no. just standing over her and it's sighing yeah it's just weird so I did write a couple things down, um, like Sarah in the beginning is avoiding wine at the store. And you're right, she's very like she's very boring in like her food choices. Like she's eating like plain yogurt and she dumps like a boatload of sugar in the yogurt. She eats like she eats like a pig. Like when she's, <laughs> well, eating, she's those like eating eclairs, like a serving spoon too. Did you and, notice that? Yeah, and she's eating those eclairs at the cafe, and she's shoveling them in her mouth like she's never eaten a meal before. I know. And she, and then she like dumps a boatload of sugar into a whole tub of like a giant family-sized tub of yogurt. Yeah. And is eating that out of a big bowl. And well, I want to say something about that eclair scene. So the person that actually introduced me to this movie is Val. And so I saw it originally, initially with her. And she has, and I, I keep thinking about this because she talks about the scene where she's eating the eclair and she's like, she's like, that cigarette after that chocolate looks like the best cigarette in the world. And I'm like, and I watched that scene again and I was like, man, I wish I was in, in France eating an eclair <laughs> and then smoking a cigarette. That sounds amazing. <laughs> And I was thinking about that. I was like, yeah, like cigarettes and chocolates for some reason, like sounds like just a great mixture. I don't know. I it's something some you do at an outside cafe in France. Yeah. Yeah. I need, I need some chocolate. <laughs> I've got please one don't cigarette. Eat, don't eat as grossly as she eats. Like when I, when I was watching, I was like, oh my God, <laughs> I direct her to too. do this. Or that's just how she eats. I don't know. But she was like, she was horking it down like she was yeah i don't i don't know if that's just because she's like alone you know that she's acting that way because like we've all done stuff like that when we're alone you know what i mean but you're right she's like in public and she's just like <laughs> inhaling it like it's just like a hoover like big old vacuum like you yeah know? so um i think it's i assume it's because she doesn't allow herself any pleasure in life and so she like is pent up and has to have pleasure with eclairs or something well, i don't if, know if you notice all of her clothing except for after frank dies is all earth colors and then after yeah. Frank dies she's wearing that super colorful robe she found mm -hmm. in the closet and it's like everything is like super high necklines like like marmy schools like blouses and stuff you know yeah, yeah yeah i like i think i think that charlotte rampling is a beautiful woman so i think that she has like she has the she has a great body she has the capacity to look fabulous but you're right she's wearing all these like frumpy oversized clothes and it's just like and also, I don't think earth tones, like, work for her. I think that she looks good in color for clothes. And I'm, like, I'm, I'm doing the, like, what not to wear thing, but, like, it's true. <laughs> well, I think, 
I think that's better character development than I initially gave the movie yeah. credit for because she is so tightly wound and miserable and she's probably what would you say like in her 50s 60s yeah 50s and probably. I think that's why she got so angry at, or got so like she like ran away from the fan on the underground because she didn't want to the, the the woman who's like I've read all your books and she had didn't want anything to do with it because it's like outwardly she's successful but inwardly like more than half of her life has gone by and she really she hasn't ex- she hasn't done anything you know well and she lives with her dad and her dad like first of all when she took off her dad's glasses i was like you might want to check if he's dead or not <laughs> because he looked like he was dead and um i know that he wasn't but um i think that part of this i think Part of this may be what it is, is that what Sarah was experiencing was something like depression or um, like, or maybe not like depression, but like, that's kind of the only word I can really think of. I think like, uh, like regret, extreme regret, maybe. I don't, which I could think cause depression. <laughs> yeah. I think it's, I think it's a mixture of she's going through something at the time and that's why she needs to get away. Cause she's just like, like her mind's blocked. She can't think of anything. Um, so then once, you know, the climax of her book happens with Frank being killed, that it's almost like a revitalization of who she is. And that kind of like, and that's why she starts wearing the brighter clothing. She, maybe that's why she has sex with Marcel, but who knows if that even happens? I don't think that happened. Um, I, I like, I, I don't know. I um, I don't know. <laughs> I like the movie. I like it a lot. I um, I really like Charlotte Rampling's performance. I saw her in another movie once where she was, it was with Ewan McGregor, and she was like, like seducing him or something. And I remember being like, I'm kind of into this. And I told someone about it, and they were like, "Ew, Charlotte Rampling." And I was like she's gorgeous what are you talking about (laughs) I was like you know like so what she's an older woman she's not like that doesn't make her not beautiful you know like I anyway um I think I can't remember the movie though the psychological aspect of this movie that I'm seeing now as I've said multiple times with this new revelation about the movie is kind of fascinating um because She's beautiful. She's a very nice body, as you said. She, the um, publisher said at the beginning that she has, she's rich. She has more money than she needs. You know. She's, oh yeah, they're like what in and, they're in London, and look at that huge like house she had. There's yeah, no and, way that she does not rolling in the dough. Like that's yeah. So outwardly, she has all these things. Like she could be wearing very stylish clothes because she has a model's body. She could be traveling and seeing the world she's been doing all these things but she doesn't do any of it and i think that's interesting like her character is boring and she's also bored i think Mm -hmm. and she doesn't heal she doesn't really get better she lived that whole experience of the movie was fake so she maybe i mean maybe i guess the ending could be kind of hopeful where maybe she'll start living but we don't know because the movie ends but, yeah. but for all of that, like, she has everything that anybody could want, and she's still so dull. And I, and I, I do think that that's an interesting facet to the movie, um, 
because she didn't actually experience all those things. And mm -hmm. I, so she's in the same place she was when she left off almost, except for the fact that she got somebody else to publish her book, but we don't get to see if she like actually starts living or not. Right. I don't know. I think you're too focused on that personally, because I don't think it's so much, or I don't think, I think you're focusing too much on the whole, like her having a boring life or not being able to go anywhere or not going anywhere or whatever. I think it's less about that and more about the fact that as a writer, she has come to realize that she is not just stuck in one, um, like, like a whole of writing, you know what I mean? She's not stuck in one specific spot. She can get out. She can do other things. And one of the things that they talked about was like, you know, Dorwell's like, I'm assuming, I'm going to just go on an assumption here, but I'm assuming that Dorwell is kind of like Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. I thought I, that too. Yeah. I, I had the impression that maybe he was just kind of this like, like uptight repressed detective and maybe that was like reflecting of her you know but then julie is more like so whereas dorwell is the more like conservative reserve side of her julie is like the wild you know like part of her that she wish wishes she was or wishes she had or whatever so i don't think it's less that she's living a boring life and more that she's come to the realization that as the writer she has she's you know like gotten many other avenues that she can go down that she can explore you know and i yeah i can see your point but i'm still hung up on the fact that i don't actually know if she got better because nothing that happened actually happened so right. her life is the same and also she's still writing about murder and crime yeah. <laughs> so i don't yeah, I know if she's actually like I I see your point and I don't think you're wrong. I just think I don't think of the movie as highly as you do. Right. And and that's the problem for me is that nothing that happened actually happened. So her life as I've said didn't change at all. Right. No, and you're right. If she is finding new avenues to write, I don't understand. I mean, they're not that new because it's still like a crime story. So it's bothersome to me because I think it's interesting, like what you pointed about, how about her clothing changing? Because that I did notice that her clothing changed. And that could be indicative of a life change, except for the fact that her life, like all the bombastic things that happened just happened in her head. Right. And we presume that she's a very talented writer. So all kinds of bombastic things have happened in her head for decades, right. you know? Right. So that's where I'm, I'm, I am getting kind of hung up on, on it. Yeah, no, I can definitely see your point. You're right. I mean, things have not changed. So, you know, she's still the same woman. Um, but I, I think, think you're making a good point that like the, yeah. the movie is about her learning as a writer that she doesn't have to rely on her um, manager, the John, the manager, you know, she's, she has, other outlets who will because she did get mad at him at the beginning because she didn't feel like he appreciated her the way he right. used to and stuff so she can find other people to appreciate her work so i think you're right i mean i i don't want to like totally like shoot down everything you said you know i just no, the disparity I, between how much i liked the movie and how much you like the movie is pretty vast <laughs> so 
Oh, really? <laughs> oh, are they? <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, I um, I think it's less about the fact that it's still about murder and more the fact that it's sentimental. You know, it's an and it's emotional. She's telling a story that is more based in emotion versus based in fact and logic. That's actually the question that I had for you because I didn't understand that when he said it's very sentimental. I thought, is it sentimental because she used the, like, dead mother's story? What's sentimental about it? I don't understand what's sentimental yeah, about I it. Think it's, I think it's just more emotional is what it is. It's emotional, emotional how? I don't know. I didn't read the book. <laughs> See, that's that's something that also bothers me. Like, the book is this, like, pivotal part of the movie, and we never know anything about the book. Well, I guess we do, because I guess the story of the book is the story that we watch. Right. So our emotions high because she had a crush on a waiter, and then a, a young woman killed the waiter? What's... Where is the emotion and the sentiment? Like, I don't... That's... I don't think... I think the movie is incomplete. Yeah, I can see what you mean. I guess the emotion is maybe in... <laughs> I guess I don't know either. Like, I'm, I'm trying to think of it, and I'm like, I mean, I... It's not, it's not like it's a love story, you know, it's not like, and you know, you like, I don't always consider like, like a love story to be necessarily like a romantic love story. Like, like, I think that um, you could consider something like frozen a love story. It's a sure. love story between sisters, you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, mm -hmm. But it's not a romantic love story, but I think this, it's not like it's a love story between these two women where they're becoming friends or anything. They're kind of just like tolerating each other and then at the end you know they get close so maybe it's m sentimental because she helps her hide the murder I guess like I don't you know what I mean it's like it's you make a really good question like you make a really excellent point there because you're right I have no idea what it's supposed to be sentimental about and and she obviously uses part of Julie's diary or, you know, like her fictional diary, I guess. Um, That's an, but, another yeah. aspect that I, two things, I think, the thing is, I also think the movie kind of reminds me of just like this for this sake. <laughs> like, I don't know what words to use, but it's just like they're, the the director and the person who wrote it are doing these things for the sake of doing these things and that kind of starts to bug me after a while like like when she's watching julie have sex and i thought like and it kind of makes sense to me now that i've deduced that now that the movie is different than i anticipated that i than i thought it was it kind of makes sense that she's observing a fictional character have an interlude she's observing them have sex but it also kind of makes sense like She's watching them have sex because she doesn't have sex. So right. she's fascinated by this life, which I can see that as Julie being a real character or Julie being fictional. Of course, Sarah would be fascinated by these things that Julie does that seem to come so easy for her, but come so difficult and infrequently for Sarah. Right. But they were showing like the, the, like the masturbation scene, the sex scenes, things like that. They showed them so vividly that it kind of seemed like it was like sex for sex sake and other aspects of the movie were like 
like the weird creepy do- Marcel's weird creepy daughter was weird and creepy for weird and creepy sake like not for any other yeah, reason I thought that was like, and she was like so old for being his kid too yeah yeah and so I thought like something else in the movie that I thought was poorly done and I wish had done more was like when she stole Julie's diary I wish there had been like maybe a one minute exposition scene of you hear like a voiceover in Julie's voice where she says something about her diary or you hear Sarah's voice reading an excerpt from the diary and then I agree another scene where when Julie is reading the novel that she's in that that, that is about her I wish that we had heard some sort of tiny excerpt from the novel just so we could get a picture of what is going on because there's so much happening that we're never privy to and I'm just supposed to get on board with it for the sake of getting on board with it and that I don't like that in movies I think it's it's incomplete and I think that it's and I don't know like maybe the director was going for that it seems like it because that's the movie that was made but I don't that's not to to me that's not a good movie right right um that reminds me of when i read the haunting of hill house by shirley jackson and people have praised her work but i don't see it i don't think it's that good um (laughs) like and i've heard none like i've never heard a negative comment that anyone has ever said about shirley jackson and i'm like really because i read her work and it was the same thing where it was like she's presenting a situation and the characters see what's happening in the situation but you as the viewer does not but she's writing it in a way that she's supposed to be like okay and now you're scared and i'm like what am i scared of (laughs) yeah you didn't tell me what i'm supposed to be scared of like these characters are like like i remember this one specific scene that they see something and they like are scared and run away but they never tell you what they saw so i was like oh wow that grass over there was terrifying like what is going you know what I mean mm-hmm. so and I wanted to read it after I saw the show which they're like totally two different stories but anyway um I preferred the show the show a little bit more but anyway I get what you mean I I, I agree with you that I think that there should have been a little bit read out loud or something like a voiceover um of the work because it it's like oh hey here's this thing she's been working on and then you know, Julie's getting like all upset over it and stuff like that, but we don't know why, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's, yeah, I don't know. It's like, and then she just becomes kind of, well, I guess she's a character, so she doesn't, her becoming obsessed with the novel is like, it makes sense, you know, because she's not real and that's like what she is. She is part of the novel. Uh, Yeah, no, I I, I see why you don't like this movie, but I, I love it. <laughs> like it's, I, I think it's, I think it's interesting. It's intriguing. It's sexy. It's like, I like the actor or the actresses, you know? Um, I think and, that both of the actresses do a, a really good job for sure. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, the publisher was in Game of Thrones. He played Tywin Lannister. I recognized him, but I didn't know what he was from. Maybe that's what I recognize him from. But yeah, yeah, he was the uh, the Lannister twins' dad. That's I wanted like- to tell. I wanted to say something that 
you touched on briefly at the beginning but then okay. the conversation sort of turned but i agree with you like the setting is really cool and i wish that somebody would just offer me their vacation home in france to go to like it's oh, a beautiful yeah. house and a beautiful pool and it's cool that she can like walk to this little cafe and have snacks and she goes to that cool little grocery store at the beginning and buys snacks right i know i love like europeans they just they just know how to how to live it's like whenever i see movies like this and it, it's just so like it's just like this beautiful idyllic home it's like isolated so you're like oh good i don't have to be around people or fucking like talk to their children or whatever ew um, <laughs> my so my um that just reminds me, my, my parents had a, they called it Ferngully. It was like this huge, well, you remember they had that huge like section of land before the, the people built the house on it, remember? And it was great because it was just this like beautiful, like, like lush part of their, you know, backyard. Well, then people moved in next door and they had kids and so they, they you know, they built a house. I almost said they grew a house. They grew a house of out course. of sticks and <laughs> out of, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> took 30 years. Um, and, uh, and now my mom hates it and she hates everything about it. And she's like, and she has these like curtains that they put, they installed, like my dad installed curtains, kind of like outdoor curtains in between like where they sit and hang out outside and like between there. And she's always like whispering to me about how much she hates her neighbors. <laughs> I thought it was pretty bold of a of a person to like build a house on that small area of land. Like, yeah. I guess you don't want privacy. Yeah. So, yeah, I would be upset if I was your parents as well because they had a really nice situation, and I, probably the house on the other side. Yeah, probably is oh, upset yeah. about it as well. And I would think like moving into that house, you'd be like, "Wow, this house is really nice," but we could just hand a cup of sugar through the window to our neighbors, you know? Yeah. They're like, yeah. I mean, it's like seven feet away, you know, yeah. 10, seven feet away. It's very close. And yeah. So she's just always like, she's always like, those people, and I'm like, <laughs> no, I get it. But um, they also, it's like, it's different. The like difference between my mom and I, because my mom's like, oh yeah, I let them, you know, ride their little bikes around our, our uh, driveway. Cause they have like a circular driveway. And I was like, I would never let children do that. <laughs> like I would never, like I would go over there and be like, your kids need to stay off my property. <laughs> and I don't care how cranky and witchy or bitchy that makes me sound. But if your kids get hurt on my property, I'm liable for them. And I'm not going to pay for your kids to get better. That's your responsibility, not mine, you know? <laughs> and I was like, mom, you should tell them to stay off your, your, you know, the land. And she's like, no, it's not that big of a deal. And I'm just like, okay, whatever. I'm telling you, like, <laughs> like I know what I'm talking about, whatever. Anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So I used to get nervous because, um, my dog Stella, we would put her out on a chain and the neighbor kids would like run back and forth in the backyard to the house, which was fine. Like that wasn't a big deal, but sometimes they would stop to pet Stella and she loved people, but dogs, dog make, dogs make me nervous because if you do something weird to a dog, like say you step on its paw or you do something out of the ordinary and scare it, they can snap sometimes and they can like nip and Stella would nip and snap sometimes. She'd never, she never did it to any neighbor kid, but she did it to my niece once. Like my niece 
did something and accidentally hurt the dog and the dogs and Stella snapped at her but nobody got bit or anything, but it freaked me out. And I hated it because I was like, right. I wish that they wouldn't run because the last thing I want is for Stella to do something. And then the neighbor demand that I put her down or something. You know what yep. I mean? Yep, exactly. And so I, I just like, I don't pet people's dogs without asking. And I would get angry if somebody would pet, but angry, I would get frustrated if somebody pet Stella without asking. Um, yep. Though one time I was walking down the road in this like, 14 or 15, 13, 14, 15, I don't know, year old boy was walking towards me and he was like, he looked kind of like goth punk and he was scowling and he was walking towards me and I was walking towards him and wordlessly and Stella always got so excited with people like her tail would always wag and she always just loved people. And so she was going through her little thing and, and he walked and wordlessly bent down and patted her on the head and then stood up and kept walking. And it was the cutest thing I've ever seen because he looked so angry and so grumpy. And then he was like, nice doggy. And then he kept going, you know. So that was the one time where I didn't get angry, but I, I, I don't, I always would get scared because I, the last thing I wanted was for some like yuppie person to be like, you got to put your dog down because they bit my kid, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I read a lot of stuff on like, like Pinterest about like people that are like really entitled and there's like somewhere, um, these people like move into this house and so they're like yeah we'll let kids play in our backyard and then one time one of the kids came home covered in like dog shit and the woman was like oh my god you let our kid do this and they were like no you're supposed to watch your children we've let you play but now we're not gonna let anyone play and everyone in the neighborhood was like like writing a petition so their kids could play I was like this isn't your land you don't get to choose that like it's you know? Yeah, it's it's people you never know what people are gonna be like when they perceive that like they've been wronged in some way or when something I mean, obviously a dog biting a kid would be bad, but that's not the full story of like you know what I mean? So it's right. just yeah, stuff like that would make me really nervous too. I, I don't think I would let uh kids play on my driveway either, just because in the world we live in now, people are so quick to turn on other people. It's exactly. Yeah. So. You got to watch out for yourself. You know, that's, that's the thing is that, I mean, it's their property. They, my parents can do what they want, but if I live there, uh, there, I would be like, your kids absolutely need to stay off my land. Like, yeah. I mean, I'd be nice about it, but. Oh, sure. Yeah. You know, like, I you mean, I would, like, but I'd I would be more say, like, with, I would put my yeah. foot down. I'd be like, hell no. Like, I don't, I'm not going to be responsible for your kids. I'm not going to watch them. I don't want to watch them. I don't even like children, really. Like, no offense to people who have kids, but, um, well, I like well-behaved children. <laughs> I like oh. children that are in my family, but I don't want to see your kid running around, you know, like, Oh, oh my God. I, I think of this one thing. I know we're kind of going off on a tangent here, but I think of this one event that made me like see red <laughs> because, and it was this mother. It was like the mother who did it because it, her kid put a spoon in his mouth. Like I was at work and he put a spoon in his mouth from the little spoon caddy that we had, which is fine. He's a kid. He doesn't know any better, but the mom, instead of throwing the spoon away <sighs> sam do you know what she did don't tell me she put it in back in the spoon caddy she put it back in the spoon no! caddy. <laughs> what was who does that 
mad. And it's like, not only that, but so I didn't actually throw them away. I washed them all and I like sanitized them because I was like, that's a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, this is 30. Like, but like the thing is, the point is, is that I would have had to throw all of those away. And mm-hmm. it's like, she looked, the thing is, she looked right at me as uh, I was watching her do You this. should have said, don't, 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 I'll throw it away. It, it happened was, too fast. It happened too fast, I'm sure. But that's awful, awful. I just didn't even, I didn't know how to react. I was just astonished. Like, and then there was another woman who was trying to change her child's diaper on the table. And I was like, you can't do that. People are eating here. She goes, well, there's no place in the bathroom to do it. And I was like, uh, like, there's no, like, um, like they, yeah. my parents should have had definitely had like a diaper changing station, but it's, I mean, they don't own the place anymore, but, um, it was still like gross, gross. Yeah. I don't know. She, I don't know. She might've been trying to make a statement. Okay. Well, let's get, <laughs> let's get, let's get back to the movie. Right. I wanted to talk about the character of Julie a little bit. Okay. Because I think she's an interesting, see, everything about this movie makes me angry now, though, because she's, not only is she a fake character because she's in a movie, but now she's doubly fake. And that bothers <laughs> me. Yeah. Um, because I think she's, I just, like, at the end, the end of the movie, and I was going to talk about this a lot because it, I loved the fact that the guy had a double life, but he didn't. And now I don't know what I, I just, I like Julie as a character because she is, like you said, the opposite of Sarah. Mm-hmm. And she's the opposite of Sarah in the movie because she's more, she has more character. Like I know where her character is coming from and I understand her character and Sarah's, we never really learned that. And I like that about Julie, but it peeves me right off that Julie's not even a real character. And that makes it like everything that I was excited about. The little bit that I was excited about is makes me sad because now it's not real. Because I thought, here's this dorky Julia who has a counterpart named Julie, who's like living in your father's very nice French pool house the house with a pool and and you're here in london with braces like you know like oh you're going through your awkward teenage years meanwhile your sexy french half-sister is like really having a good time i don't know if she's having a good time though i bet her life is pretty lonely because she is very promiscuous and like we said in with men that are like kind of like father fatherly type men which is like i think she has psychological issues yeah, no, I she's um she's not settled either. Mm-hmm. She says right. I don't do a lot of work this time of year, which makes me think that she jumps from job to job. But then she said she was going to Saint Tropez, um, to get work at a restaurant. So it's not like it's steady work or anything, you know. And and anyone who's worked in a restaurant understands that it's like it's kind of like you, you don't really get time off. Like you know, it's it's a hard it's a hard job. Um, and. Yeah, I I actually did actually want to talk about the scene where she brings Frank home and they're smoking and yeah. listening to music. I, her name, what's her name? Ludivine Sagnier? Ludivine Sagnier. I think she, was, she did a good job. She's very pretty. I don't think I've ever seen her in something before, unless I just didn't know it was her. I saw her, in, I've seen her in two things. She was in, I think, New York, I Love You. Oh, okay. Um, well, then yeah, I have... She, 
seen she her. She was like, I... you can't, like, she's a very small part, and you, and she does, like, talk. I think she's Gerard Depardieu's, like, daughter in that. Okay. Um, and she was in the Peter Pan with Jeremy Sumter, the one that I absolutely hated. Oh, and sure. she played Tinkerbell. So, oh, really? Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would never watch that movie again as a kid. I hated it. And I just like, I refuse. I'm like, mm, you know what? I found that kid super duper creepy. <laughs> I can't think I, I don't, I don't care if Jason Isaacs plays hook and he's like totally a hot hook, but whatever. <laughs> hot hook. Anyway, hot what hook. were you saying? Anyway, she did a good job and I, I really liked, I think the scenes that she was in, she sort of took them, she stole them. Yeah. Um, and no, that I surprises think me fantastic. that she's not she's not more of a household name because i didn't know who she was before this movie you know yeah so um I, anyway well, I, I wouldn't say charlotte rampling is like a super household name though you know i knew who she was though yeah um, that's true yeah but i mean i agree with you like she's not like judy dench or anything so i think right. i you're right but what were you talking about now the scene where she brings frank home so she brings frank home and um they're starting to dance and they're smoking and stuff and like i don't know i mean you probably noticed this but like when frank was dancing with uh julie he was like not touching her purposely like putting like his hands like around her body but like in like there's a space between I his was, hands and her body i was thinking like i was thinking it was an interesting juxtaposition between frank and sarah uh-huh. because frank is older but he still knows how to like do like club dancing because mm-hmm. i noticed he wasn't touching her but i thought that that was like uh like the way that he would do it in a club but you're right i bet it's just because he's like kind of right in sarah but i thought like here's this older guy who knows how to handle himself and here's sarah who's like sitting with her like blouse laced up to her neck and like taking a couple little drinks you know like yeah yeah and then she well and then she gets up and she's doing like terrible you know like white so, person dancing like secondhand <laughs> embarrassment dancing yeah yes. <laughs> it's like it's like if you go like any like older white person at a wedding and so <clears throat> yeah and then but then he's like getting all you know close to her and they're dancing together and they clearly have a lot of chemistry because I don't I would say Frank is probably like in his I would say he was in his 30s I wouldn't say he was like a lot older he looked like he was maybe early 30s how old did you think he was I thought he was maybe in his 40s, but okay. the older that I mean is like uh, older than Julie. Julie. Julie's like 20, probably yeah, 22. Yeah. And so this guy is quite a bit older than her. And so they shouldn't have anything in common, you know, but he's he's older, but he's able to bridge the gap between his age and this like 22 year old and dance with her that's kind of what i meant you know like okay yeah 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 i think he's too young for sarah almost still maybe not too young but like he's he's not somebody that i would pair with sarah but he's not something somebody that i would pair with julie either he's kind of Mm -hmm. in the in between but maybe you're right maybe he's more like 30 or something which still to like a 21 year old sarah like a 21 year old 30 seems old you know so yeah well yeah i agree because as someone who's in my 30s i would not mind dating or marrying someone in their 40s um because like that's at this age that's not weird 
you know? Oh, no way. No. Yeah, but like when you're younger. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Like someone who's 20 and they're dating a guy who's like 31. It's, it's just like, there's a little bit of that. I would say is a little bit of predatory, you know, behavior on his part. But I mean, they're not dating. I'm just saying in general. I'm not saying like specifically Frank. I'm just saying like that age gap is a little weird in general. But um, I think life experience, I don't know if I'd call it predatory. Maybe I would call it more like, what do you guys actually have in common? Whereas once you're past your like roaring 20s, I think it's much easier to have something in common with somebody who's quite a bit older than you than it is when you're like just coming off of your teenage years, you know? Yeah, I think so I, I agree more like you. that. Like if they had met when she was like in her, her teenage years and then I I don't know. It's it's yeah, I agree I agree with you. <laughs> Just say that. I agree with you. I um, think the gap like a 10-year age gap gets smaller the older you get is yes, basically what you're like Yeah, that's exactly that's exactly. Yeah. yeah the gap exactly between it. 21 and 31 is unimaginable to me. 31 to 41, not so bad. 41 to 51, almost like nothing, you know? Yeah. 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 I agree. Mm -hmm. I totally agree. Yeah. Um, It's so, but so anyway, so he's dancing with Sarah and they're dancing very intimately and you can see Julie getting like all huffy and like worked up about it. Yeah. And like jealous and shit. And I was kind of like, I mean, I, could understand where she was coming from that she's like well look at me I'm young and hot and like why isn't he all over me but he's all over her but she might be like like excuse like what is this what is happening so I think that that is a scene where Sarah's really kind of more exploring um I don't know if she like wrote herself into the into the book which we don't find out but I kind of assume that she did or someone like her um that maybe like I, I don't know like all I can think of is like you're right they really didn't tell us anything about the book <laughs> like it's so we don't know like is she suddenly exploring this part of her where she like her like she's you know like um Sarah got her groove back or whatever you know <laughs> yeah. um yeah <laughs> you know, like what what's happening but we just don't find out and I really liked the chemistry between Sarah and Franca I thought that was very good uh me too yeah yeah, yeah. but obviously julie is unstable enough where you know they end up going outside and she's like trying to give him a blowjob and she like and he's like okay no or well no he was no he's he didn't he didn't say no at first did you well he did say no he did kind of said he did say no 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 don't but then he was like clearly starting like it was clearly consensual did you ever see did you ever see forgetting sarah marshall Mm -hmm. when uh something happened she the character's ex-girlfriend starts giving him oral sex and he cuts her off and later on in the movie his friend tells the new girlfriend he must really like you he refused a blowjob mid blowjob do you know how hard that is um, yeah and so that's kind of what i thought of when i was watching this movie because like they're in it like it's happening but then sarah throws like a rock into the pool so it makes noise and so it startles him out of it but yeah he, he 
<laughs> you know, <laughs> forgetting, forgetting Sarah Marshall. Um, one of my favorite scenes is Russell Brand, who's like, um, I lost my other flip flop. It's not an evil flip flop. It's just the other equal to it. <laughs> I always say Paul Rudd's line where he's like, "You sound like you're from London." <laughs> I love when life gives you lemonades, you say fuck the lemons and you go for <laughs> what is it? Yo, you go surfing or whatever he says. <laughs> Oh man, yeah. Uh, when I I when I was um, I went and saw that movie in the theater, and I was leaving, and somebody rear-ended me, and it was like a scene from. I mean, I don't even know if it was real. If these people were like just putting me on, or if they really acted like this, but they rear-ended my car, so we pulled over. And I got out and it was a man and who was just a couple years older than me and his girlfriend. And he was like, oh man, oh man, I'm so sorry. I was like, babe, babe, over there looks like Ron. Is that Ron? Babe, babe, is that Ron? And and then we ran into you. And I was like, is, am, I in, am I being punked right now? Like I thought I was on like a candid camera and there was no damage. And they were such characters that I was like, oh, okay, well, it's okay. There's no damage. And he's like, all right, if you're sure, if you're sure. And I was like, I'm sure. And I still don't know. I never saw that footage anywhere, but I, I have no idea. I don't think about that very often. I just remembered it because I was leaving forgetting Sarah Marshall when it happened, but babe, babe, that's your, I'm not, that's and I'm Michael not being voice. hyperbolic. That's how he <laughs> talked. And that's what he said. <laughs> that's your Michael Fassbender voice. Yeah, it is. Babe, oh my babe. Gosh, it is. I babe. forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this whole movie is, uh, I don't know. I, I, do you have anything more you have to say about it? Uh, I don't know. I just, I feel like I had an opinion about the movie this morning. And then in light of recent revelations, it's like I have, like, it's like a different movie. And I, I don't know. I'm, I feel like I'm sort of like, I'm on a, I'm on that door in Titanic and I'm just floating in the middle of the ocean and I don't know what to think, but I still don't think I liked it very much. So would you, would you recommend it? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, would you? No, I wouldn't. Um, no. <laughs> Though I kind of want, I kind of wish that Mike had watched it so I could see if he thought the same thing that you think. Because yeah, now I was he'll... curious. I was really actually curious. I was kind of like, I don't know if you noticed this, but I was kind of encouraging you to watch it with him. Oh, I didn't. Did I didn't you notice, notice that. I, no, like, I was like, you should. I was like, are you and Mike gonna watch? Well, I didn't really encourage. <laughs> I was more like, are you and Mike gonna watch it on Thursday? I was like, hint, hint, elbow dig. <laughs> but I wasn't hinting strong enough. Well, so. and now, like, he's gonna. I mean, I assume he's gonna listen to the episode, so the opportunity is gone for him to watch it with this sort of mystery. But I'm just, I'm so curious, and it it upsets me that I didn't pick up on it. But it also doesn't upset me because there was nothing that I to pick up. Like there was nothing to to make me pick up on it almost. But there was something. But I really liked the idea of the double life. And so now I'm mourning the loss of what I thought was a clever twist at the end. Because yeah. Anyway. No. So. Well, I'll just put that out there. Mike, if you want to watch the movie, you are welcome to borrow the DVD from me. So that's what I got to say. And I would love to hear your opinions. <laughs> spoilers. Oh, <man. laughs> so, spoilers. Yeah. After spoilers. you hear this whole thing and you know <laughs> the twist. Spoilers now. 
So if you feel so inclined, you may follow us on Instagram at Watchers and Movies and at Facebook at Watchers and Movies. And if you'd like to send us an email, you may send us an email at watchersandmovies at gmail.com. We also have another Instagram that's the Watchers Who Find Things. And I sometimes post things there that are just funny or whatever. And we also have a website that's watchersandmovies.weebly.com. And if you like listening to us, keep listening. We're on Google Play. We're on Stitcher, SoundCloud, iTunes, and Spotify. That's my fave, personally. And thank you so much to Mike for our theme music. Yeah, find him on Twitter, at the Mike Show 42 Thank you. His name is Mike Myers. Thank you, Mike. Mm-hmm. And if you would like us to review a movie, please go to iTunes and give us five stars and write a review uh, the review only you only have to put the movie title in the review don't feel obligated to write a bunch of things but if you do want to write things that would be nice too but the five stars are the important part and if you do that we will shoot your recommendation to the top of the list and we will do that one ASAP if you don't have access to iTunes or that's not your cup of tea you can always send us a recommendation through any of the other channels Lauren mentioned and they will add we will add them to the list but they will not take priority like the five star review suggestions do. So head yeah. on over to iTunes and let us know what you want us to review. <laughs> yes. <sighs> so I guess we're done. We're done, right? We're back. We're back we're, in action. We're back, baby. We're back. Yes. All right. <laughs> Bye. Bye.